welcome everyone. It's episode 47 of the 1056 podcast, the Andre Kirilenko episode, AK47, baby. I may add in some, I might add in some just like very heavy machine guns. You're going to scare the shit out of people. I might. I don't know. Future Tyler editing this. Go do crazy. Go, go nuts. Andre Kirilenko, baby. He was a basketball player from Mother Russia. He was called AK47. This episode's for you, my friend. Jeff. Yeah. We we had a pretty good uh, uh, interview. Okay. We're, I know I usually tease it a little bit late in the episode, but if you're reading uh, the title of this. Pretty good. You son of a bitch. It was fantastic. Dude, I, thank you. You you played right into that one. Uh, right on cue, baby. Um, yeah, if you're reading the title of this, we have fucking one of the guys from Skygazer. The Skygazer. Also, shout out to Tim, a.k.a. a guy who loves beer. Um, Number one Skygazer fan. The arc has been completed, man. We had their biggest fan, and then we had the actual brewery on. I think that's a first for 10 Nothing has been completed. There's so much work to do. That's why I said an arc, baby. It's not a circle. It's just an, you know, it's just an arc. But you said it was completed, and all I'm saying is that, listen. No, dude, the arc, the semi-circle has been completed. We still got 50% to go. (laughs) You know what the next level is? Live podcast from a can release. Ooh, that's something. Or, we did pitch that to Taylor. Or, but Taylor, if you're listening back right now, just pitch it. We'll do a live episode while they're trying to brew beer. Get really in their face and just kind of like have the microphone. Just so what are you? So what are you doing right now? And just it, hit them. Like just fucking. Are you sure you're doing that right? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna love it. What if it. I touch this button? I actually hurt my head. I, I hit my mic on my forehead. You stupid. If I start bleeding, I'm, I, I could tell people I bleed for this podcast, but maybe I not. won't. I won't tell um, you. Oh, yeah. Also, <clears throat> fucking, dude, my feet are up on my desk right now. Dude, what are you like? Every CEO in every movie? Yeah, I play golf. I practice my putting game over there. Mm-hmm. And when my secretary just walks in on me, I get real mad. Yeah. What a, what a bitch, dude. Right? Right? It's okay. I'll give her a nice raise. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, we talked about it in the last episode. Um, uh, Tom M put together a beautiful raffle uh, for mm. a member of the beer community that passed away suddenly. And your boy won a bottle. I don't know. I think it was from Nepco. I was really drunk last night when Phil, shout out to Phil, shout out to the CT Brewers Guild. Um, literally so you right before we started recording jeff was like this is very phil to like text you later on in the day i was like yeah later on at night kind of on brand so i was i was all about it so literally phil is just like tyler just won a nebco beer so in my mind i'm not thinking about the raffle and i was like what i was like is phil giving me beer from the guild or something and then i was like oh this is from the thing i was like sick so um yeah that is uh i i won a beer from nepco don't know what it is i'm very curious so insert cheering effect you're making me do a lot of work and me i gotta add in machine at the end and clapping because at the end of the interview you're like this will be an easy edit and i'm like (laughs) over my dead fucking body (laughs) easier easier than having to like do a live event where it's so loud and there's so much commotion and whatnot like i mean it was so fun yeah dude i'm not saying it was a bad thing it was loud there was people everyone was losing their minds shout out didn't get covid so super safe 
Dude, didn't get it either. I actually got tested on Sunday just because of, you know, the, the very limited and CDC guideline followed um, family, limited family I'm having. I got tested. I was negative. I was positively negative, my friend. How was that? Was that pretty bad? So you can tell me. What was that? I was too busy staring at the little white red dot on your forehead that is formed uh, since you smacked yourself in the head. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's there. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. Look at that. Look at that dude. sucker. I'm like jackass, dude. I put my body on the line for this podcast. Dude, I think you're going to get shot by a sniper. That's sniper's free. Sniper's free. No, I'm not putting in any. I'm not putting in any sound effects for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, what are you? Are you a stormtrooper now? Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's like shooting lasers at me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, dude. I finally won one of these raffle giveaway things. I get tagged in these. Finally, we win all the time. We do nothing but win. No, we always lose. Do we won at the um, oh we did Armada? You know what? Okay, here's there has to be parameters. We have to go. We have to. It has to be a paid raffle. We have to pay to either go to the event where there's a raffle or pay for raffle tickets. We're both of us won in that raffle. We're two for two in those kind of raffles. So, um, give me something I got to pay money for for this raffle, and we're gonna win it. You're absolutely right. yeah, dude. So tell me what, what's happening with TT Beer Drinkers. Dude, nothing. Everyone's being normal and posting uh, their beers, and it's disgusting. It's absolutely horrible, okay? I need you guys to get weird with it. I again. learned that there is a CT uh, beer fan in Alaska. Huh. Go figure. Oh. Shout out to you. Yeah, dude. As you live through Endless Night. That sounds like a Metallica lyric right there. Or just a metal lyric. I don't know. Do with that as you will, Jeff. Shout out to you as you live through Endless Night. All right. Nailed it, Jeff. Good job. Call it a day. Good job, man. All that metal music finally paying off. Listen. <gasps> there you go. That's good. I need some grindcore in here, dude. Okay. I need dude, some. If it doesn't sound like they're literally vomiting poop, then it isn't grindcore. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, yeah. This is, this is, you know what, man? Do you know what this is? You know what this is? It's. It's stuff. You suffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, sure. so Napalm Death is a huge influencer in Grindcore, and that early <laughs> stuff would be considered Grindcore. It, it really? No, yes, really. Dude, you suffer. Just, just letting you know. Shortest song of all time. Boom. Look it up. Is it the shortest of all time? I think it was, and I think there tried to be a million copycats. I think Guinness eventually was like, okay, listen, here are the parameters. It has to emit some sort of sound. It can't be a tenth of a second long. It can't be like that. Like it can't be like. Bah. Like I think they. Yeah. Once eventually... you say I, making the shortest song ever, everyone's just like, "I'll, I'll do that in a heartbeat." Be like, "Listen, I'll do it right now." Couldn't even hear it. Sorry. Right. Yeah, world record right there, dude. Uh, anyway, dude, Napalm. Speaking of Napalm, um, Death Grindcore. Um, we had Skygazer on. Um, Nailed it. Dude, how dude, is that? He, dude? he hinted in this interview that he is a metal fan. That's right. And I didn't go into it. I, you know what? I, I'm actually very proud of you that you didn't because that was going to be something that I was going to feel alienated by. You're going to talk about, oh, the oh, Tesseract and, and, and help me. Give me so, one more. Uh, Gorgoroth. <laughs> dude, you crushed it. Those yeah, hands dude. are not even close to being the same. Fuck yeah, dude. It's- <laughs> I, listen, the fact that of the bands that you named, because you know them, yeah, Tesseract, yep, 
That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. Look, this brain right here. This ever since I smacked my head, I feel like I'm, I'm Doc Emmert from Back to the Future. That's how I create the flux capacitor, baby. That's up in the brain. I got you know the soup brain from drinking too much, and I'm just running on fumes, and I'm really tired. And that's just up here, baby. It's, it's the idea factory. But if anyway, anyone's asking at home, what's the point of even listening to this episode right now? It is that we're watching the actual decline of the human brain Okay, listen. from concussion. <laughs> and, and this is for scientific purposes. So stay yeah. tuned yep. and listen to how one man can deteriorate from being on top of the world mm-hmm. to jello beer. Oh God! Th- that yeah. we're not. That is that is for you, the listener, to understand what I'm just talking about. Yeah. Stay honestly. tuned in this interview to learn a lot more. Do you know what, Tyler? Again, yeah. shout out what? to our guest. Shout out to all the pairs, man. Come on, dude. Tyler, insert the Rick Ross thing that says, um, "Shout out to all the pairs." I eat pears now and shit like that. Shout out to all the pear. Okay, go on. Sorry, Jeff. Shout out to Taylor for being a great guest. Yes. for taking the time to to talk with us and uh for a great interview i think we had fun i think he was he was with it he was with our little shenanigans but he gave also great answers to our deeper cuts yeah he honestly did and like it, he's one of the few like cult, like owners brewers that we we've had on maybe the first ever like head like co-owner well, half of oh, all we yeah. had like the, you know, like the, um, Oh, so you're talking about his position. Like, yeah, his, like, he is the co-owner of the brewery. So, um, I guess Matt Knight counts eh, home brewer. True. But uh, what I'm saying, the point I'm trying to get to is like from a production standpoint, it's not just brewing the beer, but it's also like when it's canned collaborations, all of those details, I've, I've always been curious about how it all works behind the scenes. And we did kind of go into it with Taylor a little bit, um, you know, just transitioning for those that don't know they're out of 12 percent, and that's where you're seeing their beers all over the place because they have a crazy distribution now um so it's just really interesting to kind of pick his brain about how skygazers evolved and like how it works like you'll see i asked about collaborations like who gets paid in those shits i don't know i, I know i know now but you, you know it's not us don't. it's not us not yet i also pitched them uh, my beer idea so um that's really what you're going to look forward to. If you're listening to this and you're like, God damn it. If Tyler mentions his goddamn pizza beer one more time, I'm shutting this off. Guess what, baby? I'm going to save you the trouble. Shut it off now because it's happening. <laughs> or stay tuned and listen to what he pitched, but don't yeah. tell any more, Tyler. Let's let the people decide. Ooh, let the people decide. Should we make this pizza beer? You're absolutely. Oh, you're talking about the, um, the episode. Oh, okay. Not the pizza beer. Okay. No, you got me. I got too excited. Um, go on, Jeff. People at home during these troubled times, mm-hmm. sit back, relax, close your eyes, and enjoy mm-hmm. a wonderful episode of 1056 Podcast. If you are in your car, please disregard everything I've just said. Yeah, don't. Open your eyes. Close Open them. them. Do it now. Yeah. No. Stop it, dude. God. I, uh, sorry, I'm saving lives. You could have killed people. I you, saved lives. You're talking about human trafficking one episode. You're killing drivers the other episode. Jeff, you're on a real hot streak, man. You become a real wild card in this podcast. And I like it. It's spicy, man. Uh, plus four, baby. Draw four <laughs> cards. Wild over here. <laughs> All right, man. In the words of a great man, a wise man, just a man or one man. It was one man, probably.
Raise hail and praise Dale, everybody. And we'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) Bye. And we are back. This right here is one of the people from one of the breweries that Jeff and I have been dying to pick their brain. Okay? If you can read, you see it in the title of this episode here. But we're joined today by one of our favorite breweries in this entire state of Connecticut. His name is Taylor. He is the co-owner of Skygazer Brewing Company. We have him on the show today. We are so excited. Taylor, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. I really put all my effort into that intro. So I kind of blacked out. I think it went well. Uh, I'm just going to carry that energy. Jeff, how was that? Are you you okay? Have you blacked out from that intro? Um, I didn't black out. Okay. That's good. So how are you feeling today? (laughs) No, I'm good. Tyler and I have been talking about doing this for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Nailing down a time is tough these days, which is surprising because everybody's home. I know, right? (laughs) Go figure. But yeah. uh, yeah. And also, it's just like, welcome on. Um, Jeff and I, like I said, we're huge fans. I collect a lot of beer labels and you are on my uh table here and i'm gonna have to ask you again to not show a picture of your crotch in the middle of the podcast and let me finish you're on my beer fridge as well my crotch was covered okay don't paint a picture here okay no one draw any conclusions here anyway um so taylor uh tell us i guess a little bit we'll start off with the the easy questions then jeff will get you he'll hit you real hard with the hard questions but Tell us a little bit how wow. the, the name Skygazer like came to be. I actually don't actually know this history, so I'm I'm generally asking this. Like, how did the name Skygazer come to be? Yeah, it um, it's kind of an interesting story. It, I guess this applies to any brewery starting today. Is is coming up with a unique name, um, especially after this, this craft beer explosion that we've seen. Yeah. So you you look on Untapped, you go out on Google, and you start searching for these names, and then you're like, damn, that one's taken, that one's taken, that one's taken. <laughs> so um, we had been throwing names around and I think we had, um, Tempest was a name for a little while. Tempest? Um, uh, Tempest, T-E-M-P-U-S. And then we found out there's a, a, a Mexican brewery that does a, a, like a really, um, well-known lager. So we're like, well, let's, all right, let's try something different. <laughs> and then I think, um, I got a text from Eric and he just, he just wrote the word Skygazer and he's like, what do you think? And I was like, I think that's the one. And then I said, wait, let me do the Google search yeah, and right. untap check. And that was it. Cause we, we really wanted something that touched on either nature or um, just something vast mm-hmm. that um, creates sort of an imagery to it. You know, staring up into the sky is, is kind of a cool notion. So why focus on nature? Why that? Why is that the aesthetic that appealed to you the most? Um, well, I'm a hiker and, mm-hmm. and an outdoors person, although not much lately with a lot of the pandemic stuff going on. But true, um, and I think the same for for Eric at the time. Just something outdoors and, and powerful and vast kind of resonates with you. Um, mm-hmm. So we thought the name was cool. It had a cool ring to it, um, and then we tried to tie nice. our branding into it as well. So if if you look at our um, our symbol, it's actually a satellite dish on top of a fermenter. That's not a fermenter. Yeah. So I, think I missed and, that. Or, or just, you know, whatever it, it could be a bright tank fermenter, 
whatever. That's awesome. It's, it's sort of tying this looking up concept into the beer world. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Um, so that, yeah, I was always like very curious, like how the name is obviously very unique and obviously the logo is very unique as well. Um, the one thing I'm always curious about, because obviously you've, you've grown a pretty good reputation for the styles of beer that you make. Um, how did you kind of get into these like Berliner Weiss, like either like smoothie or fruited style beers? Like how did you kind of like decide that that was going to be your main like lane, especially now more recently? I know you've been doing a lot of uh, beers like that. Yeah. I, I don't think that was our intent coming in. Honestly, we were doing a lot of, um, you know, heavily dry hopped beers, mm-hmm. um, a lot of pale stuff, big double, triple IPAs, um, trying to hone in on, on those recipes. And it was actually a collaboration with Kinsman that um, prompted us to kind of explore the, the Berliner style, specifically really? the, the kettle sour. Yeah. So, um, you know, we started doing some research, did a, a quick pilot batch when we used to brew in, in Plymouth, Connecticut on a little you know, five gallon system. Um, and we were really, really happy with, with the first batch. And we just been, had been kind of iterating on it from there, you know, adding more fruit, trying mm. to draw a little bit more of those acid notes. Um, so we, we hadn't really planned on that. But then, you know, watercolors came and that became our flagship. And, and that's yeah. what people really started to bang down the door for let me kiss some ass. I was Allow me. That's my thing. Man. Shut up. I'm kissing ass. <laughs> Watercolors uh, is delicious. I mean, what, Ty, what was the one that we specifically addressed? Because I, I, we've had a, several of them. Um, well, the one that we had on our episode with Tim. Yes. Shout out to Tim. Um, that was the one. Was the double Berliner style Weiss beer with pineapple, mango, banana, orange, passion fruit, vanilla, and milk sugar. Are you afraid that you will run out of fruit? <laughs> because you put the entire alphabet on your can yeah. and it at leads to amazing flavors. But are you afraid like you're going to run out of fruit of the, on the planet? Um, I, I do worry about that, honestly. <laughs> I, I feel like a few years ago, it used to be, um, you know, hop availability and, and what types of varietals you could get, like mailing Citra and Galaxy contracts is really difficult. And then yeah. all of a sudden... Um, you know, the craft world was, was taken by storm by these heavily fruited sours. And, and now you start to wonder, you know, where is all this fruit coming from? Can they keep up with the demand? And it seems like more and more brewers are jumping on. So I definitely do worry about that. Um, <laughs> just the way that we used to with, with hops. But um, I also worry about um, having too many fruits in the beer. And then instead of being able to detect each of those fruits, you just have like one big flavor. That's almost right. like this new thing that you created. So um, that that's a challenge too. You know, what not keeps you from overdoing crazy. it? Um, like what process do you go and we're like, that's, that's all of them. We should take a few out. <laughs> I mean, some of it just comes down to combinations that we haven't tried before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certainly a lot of room for us to push them further and add, you know, more fruit into one beer. Um, but we want to build to that instead of just go straight for it. Do you have a large dartboard that's the size, you know, uh, probably of the size of the Empire State Building that you throw darts at and you say, those are the fruits I'm using? Obviously, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but yeah. like, do, how do you decide what fruit you're going to use? You have so many that you put into these sours. How many fruits do you eat to <laughs> test the flavors? 
Oh, we, we, we try them all. We try different combinations oh, of them man. on their own. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some surprisingly bad combinations. Um, What's the worst? Oh, yes. I feel like grapefruit is a really tough one to nail in sours because grapefruit, as it lingers on the palate, leaves this almost um, a morning, the morning after a night of drinking flavor in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, we all know it. Yeah. Yep. It's this acidic, almost um, bile-ish kind of flavor. In, in, Makes yeah, you up um, Yeah, it just doesn't come through. So grapefruit, no, no. Um, that's, is, that's the big one. I th- what You know what? I had like three questions that came up literally at the same time in my brain, and I said, screw all of those. Um, here's my actual question. <laughs> what is your favorite um, Skygazer beer, if you have one? Hmm. I, I don't think, say all of them. Don't know, you do it. Putting you on the spot. Typical answer. Yeah. I, I think the one that is, is a favorite for me, um, I think it was like an orange, pineapple, tangerine combo. It was like a very tropical Ooh. combo of fruits that we did. I distinctly remember the label being blue with like orangish, orangish uh, colored clouds. It just tasted like drinking like a tropical fruit cocktail. It was just awesome. You know, it doesn't need to be too thick. Mm. I don't want to have people pouring sludge out of a can. Um, <laughs> then it's fine if the flavor's good, but but that one yeah. really blew me away. Damn, that's that's kind of wild. Yeah, because I did notice that. So with your most recent um, release of the, I remember my first check-in, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the one that we had in our episode with Tim, like the quadruple fruit one, like the viscosity is very different um yep so are you is that kind of something that you're considering or are you just saying i'm just gonna see what happens and whatever the end product is it is what it is i actually love that you ask that question because we see comments all the time on, on untapped or mm-hmm. on instagram or whatever and people are saying it's it's too thin this one's yeah. not as <laughs> thick as it's supposed to be yeah and it's it's not always um the thickness that dictates how a recipe comes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more so led by flavor. So the first one we came out of 12% with was kind of just to get our feet, you know, make sure watercolors would scale up nicely mm-hmm. um, and, and tried fruits that weren't too over the top. So it had a nice like medium mouthfeel. It wasn't like a slushy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I was, I was so happy with, with how it came out. It was so, really good. Yes. Yeah, so certain lines of, of watercolors, certain, you know, products within the watercolors family, we do think about going big and, and getting that smoothie effect with others. We just want to nail that flavor that we're talking about, whether it's creamsicle or, or marshmallow or whatever it may be. We want to hit that flavor more so than get the, uh, that smoothie factor. Damn. That was, yeah, that was actually, <laughs> I, I like that answer a lot. Not to pat myself on the back for asking a great question. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> okay. I know you're going to say that. Moving on. <laughs> What do you say to <laughs> the dumbasses who criticize Ber- Berliner Weisses? But Weiss? Oh, sorry. sorry, the critics who yeah. criticize. Let's not try to like slant like a bunch of people listen to the show, Jeff. Come on, man. I'll do it. Dumbasses. Oh, Go ahead. God. Great. Okay. <laughs> Jeff said that. going to make the final cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you say to the critics? Because yeah. we've, we've heard that where we've seen it online and stuff, people criticizing that style of beer. But yet you put out a beer that it's clearly loved by many and people are demanding it. Um, what do you say to that? Or do you just ignore it? Um, no, I think it's good to kind of have a finger on the pulse of what people are saying in, in the beer community. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think it's a valid 
um, concern that people have where, I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about this, this sort of heavily fruited Berliner Weiss. That's right. It's almost like some people don't even call it beer at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, Like the four fifties and the Rawers and and all of those like places. Yeah. Um, there's a brewery in North Dakota called Drecker. They make Mm -hmm. some awesome sours and, uh, I was listening to them. I think it was one of their owners on the, um, on another beer podcast. And, and he said, we are a brewery. So anything that we make is beer when it leaves our facility, it's, it's beer. So on a technical point of view, you can't really argue it. Could you say, yeah, there's, there's more fruit in here than just about anything else. Yeah. Um, but you know, push, push beer further. Let's try new things. Let, let's see how far we can push it. Eventually there's going to be a point of diminishing returns where right. we stop or we start to kind of move back in the other direction of more clean and, and more crisp. Um, but for right now, I'm loving what's happening with, with sour beers. And, and I think it's brought a whole new array of people into craft beer. Yeah. Um, whether they'll be loyal f- for 20, 30 years, I don't know, but they're, they're part <laughs> of it now. So yeah, I think that's a good thing. So sometimes hoes ain't loyal. You know what I'm saying? I think I've heard that in a song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you know, to that point too, it is not your point, Jeff Taylor's Sorry. point. Got to clarify. Don't shut up. I'm trying to be serious here. Because um, <laughs> um, it, it is one of those debates that happens all the time, you know, with, especially now, I just saw a post um, that they're making called slime beer so you open it with like a can opener and pour it out and it's like jello but it's a beer i don't understand it like like a jello shop but for beer it's literally jello i don't know i have no fucking clue Ted, have you heard of this crazy i haven't no it's yeah it's interesting i'd like to see it um if i can find it really fast i will uh i, I will show it to you but yeah it's it's just like really bizarre a and can I'm, opener i don't know you can technically just like open the can and like oh, pour like- it out but like it's it just like blows my mind and like this guy opened it up here it is yeah i can uh can like everyone screen yeah everyone should be able to see that there that is a can opener so he's using For people can at home opener. he's using can opener to open the can and, and then he's now dumping it in, onto a plate it's, it's that's the beer oh it at, came out like okay it does come out like the slime you could play with yeah you're a kid and how do you yeah. do you just drink that or do you eat it with a fork i, I have no a idea spoon about- my what? Big straw. Just yeah, big, big straw. straw. Big thick straw. So you know, it's it's one of those things where I see both sides of the coin. People are like, we're stri- we're fading further away from God's light when brews me. <laughs> like people say that I don't. Yeah. And I think the same thing goes with <laughs> with like your four fifties and your rars and whatnot. Like, there's always part of me that's like, okay, what are we doing here? Your beer is sky blue. Like make it beer but also i agree with you a lot taylor in that it's like i'm this isn't gonna be a thing that lasts forever like eventually we evolve and evolve and trends change you're absolutely right eventually it's gonna hit a wall where okay maybe people don't want a banana bread smoothie style berliner weiss that you freeze and then you eat with a spoon like you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's maybe not going to be a trend in 30 years it was the same thing with new england style like new england ipas like every brewery made one around the world and boring then, and then it kind of faded but exactly yeah but i'm glad you said i'm glad you said 30 years instead yeah. of something like five years because i i do think <laughs> the style has its place and i yeah. think it's not going anywhere anytime soon because the, what what we're drinking now in these in these kettle sours are just delicious flavors yeah. that you can't deny that they taste good maybe we could say it's not quite what beer should be 
but um, I think there's a natural progression to how beer evolves and there's a certain rate that that should move forward at. And eventually you see some breweries jump the shark and try to get ahead of that curve when it's yeah. too soon. And the yeah. community's not ready for it yet. We, um, we need our, we still need our beers to be fully uh, liquid. I don't think we can have like a semi-solid yet in our beers. We're, well, I don't think we're ready for that. So, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad you're not making jello beer. That's all I'm saying. Right <laughs> I was well, still well, trying well, to don't, don't say that. He's probably thinking about it. Oh, yeah, great. We can't see his video, <laughs> but he's probably writing it down right now. He was like, I'm, I'm, I'm already messaging the packaging team. <laughs> like, How do we get this into a can? How do we get this? <laughs> You don't. You put them in bean bags, and people play cornhole with them. And then when they're done, they eat it. No, you just. You, you <laughs> Is put it, it eating or drinking? I don't know. You know, you do it. You put it in like a plastic. You wrap it like in a in a balloon, and you have to pop the balloon. You have to like suck the beer jello like out of it. Pop. So it's like, like a a, pop. almost like a freeze pop. Maybe Ooh, make free- th- that's an idea. <laughs> oh, that's a free one. That's a free, that's a free one. one. We, we don't charge for that. That's a free one. Yeah, that's a free. That's a free one. Um. So I. Have a, so I, I'll start with this. For the people at home may know this because I talk about it sometimes. I have my ear, my pulse on to uh, music a lot in the, the metal community. Same. Specifically, oh, good. All right. So with that, you, then you'll definitely know that there's like this elitist group of people in that community yes. where if they like a certain subgenre and then if that subgenre seems to break out of what they seem to be the underground, not mainstream because it never makes it mainstream, but more popular than it was, mm-hmm. they get upset. And they get angry and they actually sometimes attack the people who just came in as it's getting popular. Do you find that happens with, with beer as like, as you start making fruitier beer, which brings in different people who don't want hoppy beer. They don't want bitter. They don't want an IPA. They, but they come in like, wait, I like that. And I can get it at the same place or similar places as you can get other people can get different styles. Do you see that there's like a negative pushback by certain people in the community? And why do you think that occurs? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why exactly. I think there's a little bit of gatekeeping that goes on. Right, gatekeeping. Uh, people yep. trying to like protect this torch of, of what, you know, brewing has, has always been. Um, and I think a lot of that maybe it's just nostalgia and, and remembering the past as being a certain way. And that's the way it should always be. But things evolve and things change. And I, I love that there's this new avenue of these crazy over the top beers that bring new people into uh, the craft beer scene. It helps with yeah. the, the diversity and, and, the, and the numbers of people in this community, uh, which is especially helpful right now in a, in a pandemic when so many breweries are hurting. So yeah. Jeez. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels to, to, to music and, and especially in metal. I would agree with that. Um, I, I just, I definitely see it as like a scene that is not embraced by everyone, right? It's not, right. so you know, a lot of people who are like, there's a craft beer scene, isn't that for people with beards and glasses? I'm like, shut up. Yeah, yeah you, dude, you're, Damn the it. Pro- <laughs> you're the problem, Jeff. Okay. But it, you know, so there's people outside of it. So it's its own little niche community. And then there's people who are really into it. So it's not people who don't just go to two roads, but mm-hmm. then who are really into following it and, and uh, listening to us type of thing. And, and I feel like they don't, they want it to stay small because it stays special. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. if it's, if it gets big, then it's not special anymore. Not and cool. I, I don't know how many people are this, but some, the only reservation I have with some, with the growing, although I love it, I've never, but I always have a cautious eye is that then that's where you get people compromising. They compromise maybe taste. They'll compromise what made their initial thing special to 
be grand. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And uh, yeah. I don't, haven't seen that with um, the more the bigger breweries in this scene, and um, I'm not seeing that as smaller breweries get bigger. Yeah. Oh man, that's a that's a lot to to unpack. Sorry. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, if you go back 10, 15 years, a lot of the beers we were drinking were um, really bitter IPAs. Right. Yeah. And there's only um, so many people who are interested in drinking that type of product. So, so naturally when we move from IPAs that are bitter into these low bitterness, very fruity and estuary forward, you know, flavor profiles, you're going to have a whole new group of people that are like, Oh, that's beer. I, I do like beer, you know, let yeah. me try something else. And then you can have, you know, a heavily fruited kettle sour and somebody who's never had a beer before says, that's awesome. I didn't know that that's what beer tastes like. So, um, the fact that you have people in the community, pushing those newcomers away is almost like they're kind of disagreeing with the direction that the industry is trying to move. So it's, it's a conflict. Yeah, it's, it, it's really weird. And I feel like with any industry, with something that you consume, whether it's music and it's, you're listening to it or you're drinking it, like people have so many like dramatic slants onto something. It's those mm-hmm. same people that are like, Kettle sours aren't beer, even though like in Berliner Weisses aren't really beer, even though that's like one of the original styles of beers. And, you know, it's like, at what point, like, is it like, all right, let's just enjoy it and, yeah. <laughs> and move on. Yeah. I have my own worst enemy with that sometimes too. I'm like, this isn't beer. And then I'm like, no, I'm becoming that person. I'm, I'm becoming the asshole. You don't have to like the beer and you don't have to, pref- you don't have to like a style. But yeah. that has to do with taste as long as it has to do with yeah. that preference. <laughs> I yeah. know. Well, that's so, like, you know, a, a genre of music that I, that I don't listen to going into that community and saying, this isn't even music. Right. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that's the part that, that really that bugs me is mm-hmm. um, the Internet has created this platform where everybody gets to kind of say their thing. So you'll see a post on Facebook and it's a it's a sour and you know, there's pulp all over the rim and you're just going to get those guys that say not even beer. Yeah. So, and it's like, well, why are you even commenting? Cause yeah. you know, we, we've heard that comment before. We know you don't like it. You don't have to drink it. You don't have to buy it. That's the yeah. only thing that really makes me raise an eyebrow. It's like, why do you have to always comment? Why are you the way that I'll you I'll even are? go strong. I'll even <laughs> go a little stronger than that. And I really do believe this. I think people who are gatekeepers like that, I really like that phrase. Um, and who make those comments don't don't want this industry to grow and because because if they did then they would want to encourage a change and adjustment and um experimentation and exploration um as much as a brewery can do it and be successful doing it like you guys have like yeah Look, look at what look what Skygazer is doing. It's um, the, and pe- you're being rewarded for it. You guys are huge right now, and people are are living, especially for your watercolors um, uh, brand series. Of, uh, series, thank you. Mm-hmm. Brain fire series of beers, and you're seeing how you're expanding into something that wasn't as um, as easy to you know to market out there, and people are eating it, drinking it up. Yeah, well, yeah. And we, we're, we're, it. we're so happy for that, that watercolors has that name recognition and people kind of know that flavor profile. Um, but if we had debuted a, a beer like that five years ago, it, it would have been too soon. No, nobody soon. would be interested. Way too soon. Yeah. So the it, timing, it, the timing was good. It, it really is something. And we're going to take a quick break um, in a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it's really interesting. I think 
you know, you've hit your stride at the right time. And I think the local beer drinker, like the Connecticut beer drinker has gotten so much more adventurous and way smarter, even in like maybe four years, like maybe since 2016, when the second wave really started to hit, it's crazy. I'm like, oh, I have a a hop preference. It's like, if it's Idaho seven, I don't want it. And I hear that. And I'm like, me five years ago would never know what an Idaho seven op tastes like. And here I am being snobby like that. So go figure. But um, I'm all here for it. Yeah. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to get into some of the collaborations um, that Taylor and Skygazer have done. And we'll see you on the other side of this uh, quick break. And welcome back. Mm, so my thunder. Don't like we that. Have, <laughs> we have Tater from Skygazer Brewery. That's right. And Tyler, yeah. you had some questions about the future of Skygazer. The future. And I'm excited because, honestly, that's a little symbolic. You yeah. Know, you're looking up, mm-hmm. looking forward. Oh. Well, actually, seeing what's next, seeing what's beyond. You're actually seeing light that's older. So you're not really looking into the future. You're, Who you're say actually, I'm looking at stars? <laughs> you are actually the worst, okay? You did that on purpose. You made me Like a star, up. I will cause this podcast to implode. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> I'm taking control now. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, on that note, um, God, I, I had the question line up. You son of a bitch. <laughs> How hard is this? Taylor, what is the future of Skygazer? Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, what? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's such a broad question. Um, what, what would I, you? So I'll, I'll start with this. What would you like to see? Uh, we'll, we'll start with what isn't established that you would kind of are like just ideas that you would like to see Skygazer do. Um, yeah, I guess then we could break it down into like near-term goals sure. versus long-term. Um, so near term, I, I think it's important for us to start diversifying our offerings a little bit. Um, we, we've become known for our our sour beer, um, and we want to push that out into different areas now. You know, looking into hoppy stuff and, and stouts, and then you know, offer some more, you know, crispy and traditional type offerings as well, just to have a nice portfolio. So that's mm. that's kind of the the near term, and um, we're just kind of continuing to get acclimated down at twelve percent and and learn more every time we brew a batch down there. Um, and then, then long-term, man, I, I don't know. We, we talk about that all the time. You know, do we want to open up our own spot again in, in a different way when, when we're able to, or do we want to, you know, just continue to produce beer out of the facility in North Haven? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, 2020 has been such a crazy year, especially for our business that yeah. we're trying to reset a little bit and think about, you know, what the future means to us. Um, but we, we know that we do want to have a, a serious part in the Connecticut craft beer scene for a long time to come. Yeah. And I think oh, you've definitely done that. Oh no, it's fine. Go ahead. Jeff. I said, sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, how, how is, how has COVID affected you guys? And, and can you go into that in specifics? Like as a, as, cause a lot of people still were going out and buying beer and we were finding buying beer in droves. Like people oh, were out there guilty. for releases of, at different breweries all over. Have you seen, um, were you guys, have you seen a change? Yeah. Huge change. Um, when news of the pandemic first started to hit, we, we really weren't sure what to make of it. That's, that's something that's new to the States, at least in terms of the scale that it's reached now. Right. Um, but we know when the, when the governor started saying, Hey, business has got to shut down. We can't have people gathering. Um, you gotta wear masks, all that stuff. We were thinking, damn, like, what are we going to do now? If we have to close, um, 
you know, we're, we're not a big shop. We were a little five barrel shop at, at the time. So, mm -hmm. um, not making a ton of volume and, you know, doing, doing solid week to week. But then once things started to shut down, our sales went through the roof. Uh, <laughs> it was, the, it was the strangest phenomenon. We, we, we couldn't understand how our beer was selling out so quickly. And a lot of it we think was just moving to an online platform to do our sales online where you come pick up your yep. beer after mm -hmm. we, we think that for whatever reason, we had a reputation of being a line brewery. So no matter what day you go, you're going to end up waiting in line. And that wasn't <clears> always the case, but now that we offered an opportunity for people anywhere to order in advance and secure that order, all they had to do was drive out. So, you know, we, we were selling out of beer in a minute or two. Yep. Um, I remember. Yes, that. we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were, you know, just managing the amount of messages we were getting on social media and emails and DMS that we were getting sent to us. People just like, this is bullshit. I, I come down <laughs> and I buy your beer every week and now I can't get it anymore. My, I'm not fast enough on the clicking and I live for those like, people. Damn. Oh, it's the best. Uh, I you love get better internet. I, Oof. I used to see people being like, <laughs> It was in my, oh, the cart people are the best. It was in my car. What do you, your e-commerce site doesn't have the, the, the inventory system. Protection. That, oh God, car yeah. protection. It's, it's crazy. It's like, no, just like be proactive square, which is, I think what you guys use or use. Yep. It's like, you can like log in, you put in your email. It's done. Actually, Tim, shout out to Tim again. Um, yep. Shout out you know, former guest of the program, friend of the yeah. show. Um, he was like, yeah, just like create an account and do it that way. I was like, oh, I got it. I never missed a Skygazer drop. Granted, yep. I had to like wake up early and like 7.59, Jeff and I were like texting each other and be like, did you get it? Like we would like do it like that. <laughs> and yeah. it was like really the first instance of it. And when you kind of zoom out for you, are like, wow, this is really cool because this is a place from Connecticut, you know, that's on the smaller side that is relatively new to, you know, most of the breweries in the state. And here we are, you know, like we're excited. We're getting this beer. It's very good. It's something that like as Connecticut, it's so new. Mm -hmm. It's like be a part of it from infancy, like say what you want about people like bitching and moaning about not getting their, their beer. Uh, it's kind of cool to like witness this, you know, like, yeah. and this is like really still in its infancy. Is that how you feel yeah. too? I mean, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, we, we had seen, you know, days at the brewery where um, it was pretty slow and we had, you know, beer sitting around and you cart it into the to the walk-in at the end of the day and, and mm -hmm. you go home. Um, so to go from that to, you know, this polar opposite of beer selling out in like 30 seconds to a minute, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm sitting at home looking at the inventory numbers on my computer screen and I'm just hitting F5 and, and the inventory is decreasing just like a, a, <laughs> a bomb. And yeah, I was like, this this doesn't seem right. Maybe I didn't put in enough four packs or, or whatever we were doing. Maybe I had my, my numbers wrong, but no, it actually did sell out. <laughs> and then there was like this brief moment of like, holy shit, that was fucking awesome. Like we just sold out of all <laughs> yeah. our beer. And then Sick. like 10 minutes later, all the, all these messages started to come in <laughs> and um, you know, I get it. People were, were regulars of ours. They, they gave us their money. They supported us all of a sudden now they can't get our beer anymore. Um, and they, they probably felt like to some extent they helped establish us in the beginning. So I, we, we felt, um, conflicted, but I certainly felt bad for those regulars who couldn't get their beer. So the first thing I did was reach out to uh, Mike over at Alvarium and I was like, Hey, I know people blow you guys up when you sell uh, out of, uh, Ecto Cluster Nutter or yeah. Ecto and you know, what do you do? And he's like, yeah, square just sucks. There's really not a solution for it. You just got to live with it and just, you know, 
you're going to have to deal with some negativity coming towards you and you kind of learn how to do that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause like, I'm not saying these uh, long-term fans of yours, long-term customers are this, but that's how you can see people turn into the elitists that we were talking about earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. wait a minute. I was there from the beginning and now all these people come in and steal my beer, yeah. and, you know, and you're like, well, I'm sorry for your loss of beer. Yeah. I don't feel bad. But I this is good bad. for the brewery that you love so much. So we're giving them too we're, much credit. We're, we're applauding. We're applauding for that. <laughs> so do you think that that was, you know, the pandemic and everyone having to try, trying to stay home and so people are going out to get beer to as far as a time passer? Or yeah. do you think that you guys just hit a really good time where your, especially watercolors, was right I feel it was really right there, right? Was mm-hmm. it coming in? I, I'm, I'm blanking on the release of everything, but do you think yeah. that was a timing thing? How do you, what do you contribute to that success? Yeah, I think watercolors had, had been established for a little while. Um, so so I, I would love to think that we, we just happened to blow up at the time that mm-hmm. the pandemic came, but I really do think it was a lot of that uh, people being in lockdown and then quarantined and they're like, well, you know, I could order it online now. It's guaranteed. I just got to go jump out of my car real quick, get it and then head back home and I'm, I'm good to go. And um, fortunately for us, our business model, um, you know, melded seamlessly in, into working yeah. through the pandemic because we, we didn't have a tap room You know, we're not right. a bar. It was just like cans to go. So um, we didn't face a lot of the same regulations that other businesses did. And we, we said we had the whole social distancing, got to wear your mask and let's do everything right, but just come get it and then go. So I, I really do think watercolors would have blown up shortly after that anyway it just seems to be getting that traction but i think the uh the lockdown really propelled it faster oh yeah absolutely i am guilty of that 100 percent. i was like i'm not gonna go anywhere. i can't like spend my money at a bar or at a brewery yeah. might as well get it for myself and now they're at a 12 percent. i get it delivered a oh, no. bunch and it is awesome like that yeah. is sweet um, which brings me to my next question i did yes. that dude perfect segue Thanks. dude dude alley-oop so organic. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, you're welcome. It's poetry it more, Is it even more organic that we stop the transition mm-hmm. immediately to mm-hmm. talk about how great it was yeah. and then oh, yeah. get yeah, completely yeah, yeah. off course? Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Do you still remember the question you were going to ask? Oh, yeah, because oh, I've had this prep. This is, this is my question where I want to ask um, how you got involved with 12% and how that business partnership came to be. Yeah, so um, – it sort of stemmed from a little bit from the pandemic, I think, when a, when a lot of our beer was moving really quickly and it, it was selling out quickly. So to kind of go back to those early customers who helped mm-hmm. build us up, they were saying, fine, great, I can't get it. Still love you guys, but you really got to make more beer. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we started to think about how and we looked at maybe expanding, you know, our, our tank uh, capacity in that building. Um, we, we talked internally at, at that time, um, about leveraging a facility like 12% to, to make our beer in larger volumes. And, uh, it never really went anywhere. Um, but, but then sort of, we, we kind of hit, uh, this, uh, this point in our group, a group of owners, um, where it just, it just wasn't really working out between us anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of sort of just unspoken stuff that, that had gone on for a while and, and there was some resentment and I think it had gone um, undiscussed so long that the feelings of resentment were irreversible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we kind of decided as a group, and I, this is the, the short version of the story. We, we decided sure. as a group to, uh, to, to split. Um, and, and during that time, we, we had reached out to 12% and just said, Hey, how, you know, how does it work down there? How do, how do we make beer down there? Um, and that's kind of what got the conversation going. And, and it was kind of a slow process to get, to get down there. Um, and to secure some tank space, they got a lot of awesome brands on there that are trying yeah, to brew beer, and um, we're trying to figure out, you know, with their team how to how to get some beer in those tanks. Um, but it, it really was just uh, looking at demand. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, it's great to sell out of beer; it feels awesome. But we were making nowhere near enough, and you know that wasn't our fault. That was just a byproduct of what we were able to afford in terms of equipment and space. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly we realized. Um, you know, there's, there's more potential here and our customers want it. So yeah, selling out a beer in two minutes online for the next five years, isn't going to happen. No, <laughs> sounds like and, a nightmare. And, and people would stop trying after a while. Right, right. If they're like every single time I go on, they're sold out. They just stop trying. So that's classic business growth. And if you really love to see it, you really love to see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a question I actually just thought of. So as far as the production increase goes, like, what is the difference, like what you were doing in uh, Southington compared to what you're doing at 12%? The beer still sells out in maybe a day and a half, two days. I know one of the most recent releases, it sold out, I think in maybe uh, 36 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so how much, and you know, say what you can, but how much have you increased production to sort of meet the demand? Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting because per batch, we're making about six to seven times more beer. Wow. Um, but with the frequency is it, not there yet. So we're not, we're not making beer as often. Right. Um, but yeah, we're looking at about a six to seven um, time increase, which is pretty big for us. And that's just getting started. So to, to kind of put things into numbers in Southington, we were on a five barrel system. We were yielding anywhere between 150 to 170 gallons of beer per batch um, at 12%. We're on, you know, a 30 barrel brew house with 60 barrel and 90 barrel tanks. So you're talking about a significant increase in, in production capacity, which is Jeez. which is awesome for us. Yeah, yeah it, it's awesome. And that's how I know too, like, uh, I think the one that really stuck out was the first one that you kind of mentioned, the collaboration with Abomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, that there was a couple months hiatus just in between when you move from something to 12%. And all of a sudden that kind of like teaser came out and I was like, yeah. oh, shit. I sent it to Jeff. I sent it to my fiance, who's a big fan of Skygazer. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, holy shit, the roof has flown off. We are it. Like, we're in. And uh, that moved so fast. And I know that 12%, you know, is, is massive. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, this, this went within like a day, right? Was that like, did it sell in a day? Am I? Am I? I, I believe so. Something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. So yeah, that, yeah. And that, was, that was a great sour too. Um, I think it was well received by everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Josh, um, Arno and I had a blast kind of putting together that recipe from abomination, yeah. just saying, let's, let's do some crazy shit, man. Let's just, <laughs> you know, try to put something out there that maybe nobody in Connecticut has, has had before. And it, it's good. Up. And I just realized you have a chocolate strawberry sour and you also used to make a chocolate strawberry stout, yes. which is very interesting. I've had both very like, Obviously, like they do really well. Like I, you never think like using the same ingredients in a style of beer for yeah. two very different styles of beer would yeah. work. Um, and and here you are doing it. So I, I thought that was great. Um, on that note, with the uh, the co- collaboration with like Abomination and whatnot, um, 
what can people look forward to with like some of these releases upcoming? I know you said you want to kind of start pumping them out more frequently. Is there anything that you can say as far as what's going to be coming out soon? Yeah. So I actually just got a label from, um, Josh today. Um, you know, so we're looking at another dream sphere, um, that we're, we're trying to nail down. And Josh is from abomination. Yeah. Josh from abomination. Nice. Um, and his other uh, business partner, Joe is also there. Uh, awesome guys. So yeah, anytime we get to work with abomination, it's just, it's just awesome. Super easy to work with. And, um, you know, they're not afraid to try some, some crazy stuff, which we aren't either. So it works out. (laughs) I mean, we joke all the time on our show, um, about like when rare fog came out, um, how everyone lost their mind and phenomenal beer. It's so good. And, um, my fiance and I actually went to the rare fog day. And so we tried all the variants and whatnot. I was like, Holy shit, these guys are great. But I just love the middle-aged men. I thought they were very clever posting online that you can't see their beer because it's foggy. I had to say it, Jeff. Okay. I had to say it. (laughs) And for those listening, he's rolling his eyes because he hates when I bring it up. It feels me, man, to see that, to see those corny (laughs) jokes. Anyway, it's not about abomination about you. So, uh, and that's awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so yeah. are you going to, is the goal to kind of do more collaborations? I know you said you kind of wanted yes. to expand to different styles of beer is I think is collaborations like the next big thing for you guys, like in the immediate. Uh, I think it's kind of a 50, 50 split of us kind of focusing on our own portfolio and, and diversifying that a little mm-hmm. bit. And then also doing collabs as well, just because it's the, the communal aspect is cool. Um, yeah. You get yeah. to see how different people brew. Um, <laughs> another one we recently did is, um, with Branch and Blade, we were up there uh, two weekends ago in Keene, New Hampshire. So we're we're excited about a uh, a sour that we're going to be putting out with those That's guys. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like if you get two breweries on the same can that you know and love. Like that's getting your favorite actors in the same movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's kinda, like yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. That's a good analogy, Jeff. Yeah, and then um, we we have another project in the works with Fat Orange Cat. Um, oh, nice. That I think people are going to be pretty excited by. It's got a really yeah. cool. It's got a really cool name too. It should it should be uh, should be some news coming on that within the next couple of weeks. Nice. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. That's that's the Departed. <laughs> that's that's Matt Except Damon. Everyone gets to live at the end. That's that, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't want people dying from your beer, so that's good. That's I'm glad you clarified that, Jeff. Yep. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, don't want that. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. So you you talked about like if you know in long term goals, maybe what is your own location might look like. Mm-hmm. Have you given thought about a preference for what town you would want to be in? I think like location for breweries is so important, especially what town you're in. Some breweries like a half full take great pride in being in the cities or towns that they're in. Yeah. So do you have a, would you have a preference or would you just like try to get the space right and wherever that is, it's where it is. Yeah. I think getting the space right is more important. Mm. Connecticut's small enough that people are willing to venture just about anywhere within the state for, yeah. for good beer. So I think we would just want something with a little bit more space, a little bit more breathing room and, and you know, maybe some sort of a, a nature component built into it since we, we, you know, we really feel that as part of our brand. So My skylights. Mm. Ooh, there you go yeah free lights. ideas yeah Tater, free ideas i know i know um i'm gonna start cutting some royalty checks to you guys <laughs> these things come to fruition but so, <laughs> yeah i also want to do i i've always wanted to have our, our symbol actually you know be something that's made like get a fermenter and i don't know go over to espn and get some like old used uh decrepit satellite uh dish <laughs> and 
yeah have, have a welder get it on top for us and that would paint be the whole thing black or something that would people be would people would sick. love that people yeah. would love something like that. <laughs> so um i actually i had a question i remember it now just going back to collaborations so i've been meaning to ask this and maybe this is an obvious answer that i have but when you have two breweries that make a beer it's a little bit different with you and abomination because you're both at 12 percent. but let's mm-hmm. say it's you and a fat orange cat where they are. No, they're also at 12%. I mean, let's say it's two breweries in two different locations. Yeah. Um, how do you determine like where you're going to brew? How do you determine like profits? Who's going to sell it? Like, I feel like it changes based on the beer release. Is that the case? Um, yeah, it's, I guess it's different for, for every different collab. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the basic fundamental is that, um, you know, whoever brews it, the profit belongs to them. And oh, okay. if there's a return collaboration, then it goes the other way the following time. But it really comes down to uh, a lot of the legal um, and licensing stuff related to uh, liquor licenses and, and how right. beer is sold and where it's sold and, and who can divvy up those profits. So, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it, it actually kind of does. And um, it, it does like kind of shed a light on, on how it all works because I feel like breweries are doing it more now. Um but, you know, it, it's a still a very new thing. Everything with Connecticut beer is still very new, but I feel like a lot of collaborations in themselves are very, very new too. So mm-hmm. I'm always curious, it's like who actually makes money off this? You know, it's like someone has to get that 51% or that, you know, that, that majority of the, you know, the profit. Um, so, I mean, with, so let's say, for example, with you and Abomination, you guys are both at 12%, you're mm-hmm. essentially using the same equipment. Um, you know, is that more of a cut, like cut and dry without getting into specifics, but is that more of like a cut and dry deal as opposed to two separate locations, two separate breweries? Um, I, I guess the, the most cut and way to try to look at it is whoever's brand the beer is sort of being sold under, you know, they're the ones that are releasing the beer. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's where all profits from that beer should, should go. Huh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, I meant mean to ask that with like, with all these, like, you know, some of the breweries that we talked to and just talking about the, the collabs, I was like, ah, that came right up to my mind. So yeah, you know, Tyler, that's a good question. Well, Thank when we did you. Our, when we did our first collab uh, with, with <laughs> Kinsman, we were, we were super new to the industry. Yeah. We hadn't brewed on a commercial system before. So we were like, do we ask about the getting a cut of the check? From this beer? <laughs> Should we get money from this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we didn't say anything and it turns out you don't, which is fine. But when, oh, we, really? when we, when we collab, we're, we're just looking to kind of expand, you know, our brewing knowledge, um, get together with cool people, mm-hmm. drink some cool beers, make a cool product. And you know, the profit it really is just a, a, a bonus in the end. So I actually, I want to pitch a beer to you, okay? Now, oh my God. Let, do not. No, Taylor, you, let me pitch an idea from you. I have an idea. No, that, don't do my thunder. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Come on. Well, I want to hear it. No, I'll I don't see. have an idea. It's just like, this is like the time to start pitching ideas like Shark so, Tank. So yeah, uh, yeah. Think of your idea while I pitch mine. So, I don't have one. I don't have any ideas. I, you know. These brewers are getting weird. We got Jello beers. We have pastry seltzers. How excited you get? We have we have anything that's in liquid form could be a beer. In this case, so I thought. Oh my this. god, gross! Let's get weird with. Okay, yeah, that came out wrong. Thank you, Jeff. Anyway, don't. This is my Shark Tank pitch. Okay, all right, I'll shut up. Taylor's the cubes, man. Anyway, I want to make a pizza beer. What's a Ooh. pizza beer? Oh, sounds like you're interested. <laughs> Let me tell you more. Okay, so it's a toma- so no pineapple on this one. <laughs> it's a tomato goza with basil and 
lactose or some sort of cheese powder product to make a pizza beer. Now, before you say that's gross, how can we get this into 12%? <laughs> okay. Because Omnipolo is made a beer with, with, with cheeseburgers in it. So the sky is the, 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 the ceiling is the roof, as they say. We send faxes every day, but no one answers back. <laughs> You mean with this recipe spelled out? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. we spell it, but we spell it in code so no one steals it, but we don't understand why nobody understands what's yeah. going on. Nah, yeah. We figured some... <laughs> I can't so... understand why nobody's taking you up on the offer Me... yet. Th- thank okay. you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, so... Uh, me neither. You're going to want to pilot that first. Okay. Good to know. You know what? That was a really good way to let me down, so I, I actually really appreciate that. <laughs> you know what? I got to go to Yepe, and I got to go to um, Hanuk. I don't know how you say his name from Omnipolo. I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's just got to be the right clientele. I think where we have to go is modern and peppies. Oh. Mm. Could, you ima- yeah. could you imagine if we capture the taste collapse. of New Haven pizza in a beer? Oh, man. You know what? A little brain blast. Instead of making the ingredients into the beer itself, why don't we take the finished pizza, throw that into the fermenter, just dump like 300 pizzas into an IPA pizza beer. You know, oh. you know, you know what gets me excited is that that's a free that one. This this conversation will not leave us, and that no one else will hear this idea. Yeah, and that this is a totally private thing, and yeah. so no one can steal it. This is totally off the record. If you're listening to this at home, cover your ears. You can't you can't take this idea. No, yeah. this is only between Taylor, <laughs> myself, and Jeff. So yeah, we're jumping on this one. Yeah, yeah, we are. So you know what? I'll, I'll if we're not going to do a tomato style goza. At least I want some full cheese pizzas thrown into a fermenter. Now, in all honesty, we're not asking you to jump on board on this, obviously. But, but. What, what you pitched, <laughs> but what Tyler pitched, do you think that could be possible? Like, does that, is that something that makes chemical sense to you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think in the industry today, between a combination of, you know, real ingredients versus, you know, some flavors that you can get through extracts or concentrates, it's probably not that hard to, to pull it off. Would, would anybody enjoy it? I don't know. What, what would be uh, the pairing dish that you, that you have with your pizza beer? Pizza. Taylor, Taylor does anyone enjoy pizza. this podcast, but we still put it out there? Like, that's, honestly. That's a good point. That's a I good enjoy point. It. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, you. So that's go. one person that's going to like pizza beer. <laughs> yes. It reminds me of, um, I was at a buddy's house when I was probably like eight or nine years old. And, uh, <laughs> He busted open this bag of Lay's potato chips and I took one bite and I was like, what the fuck am I? And he goes, oh, those are uh, cheeseburger ketchup uh, oh, Lay's potato chips. Nice. And he's like, yeah. you pretend that you don't like it, but I know you really do. And if you think about it, it actually tastes like a cheeseburger with ketchup. And the more yeah. I ate them, I was like, you know what? You're, you're kind of right. See, I this had is a my chip. thing. I had it's, a cheeseburger it's called chip. called Stockholm Syndrome, baby. Was, we plant the idea, and then you fall in love with it over time. Okay. <laughs> go on, go on. There was a, I had a cheeseburger Cheez-It, and oh, yeah. it mostly tasted like the pickle you would put it like, like in a McDonald's burger. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't taste like cheese or a burger. It was mostly the pickle. <laughs> yep. And um, so it should have just been a pickle Cheez-It. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Where the fuck are you going Are those a thing? Yeah, they're totally real. I I did I did have this. You I I remember you uh we used to was at work. Uh yeah, you like lost your mind. I remember when you had him. I was like, what is going on? I was at work. I was working. I I work with special ed kids, and I was at the high school, Hmm. and they were doing like a a little activity to collect 
graphing data. Oh, I don't know what's going on. And they said, Mr. Jeff, do you want to try a cheese it? And I said, sure. And I ate and I was like, why is this? Why? I yelled at them violently, violently about why it tastes like pickle. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I hope none of your colleagues hear this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope that. We'll find out. Um, so, okay, you know what? I, I'm glad that I pitched this idea to you because from a tomato-style sour, I think I think <laughs> there's going to be a beer. If we can get Modern or Pepe's on board, even Ooh. though Pepe's is so, like, old school and would never do anything to tarnish their brand, like my idea, maybe you get yeah. enough beers in there. What about Bar? Oh, see, that's, yeah, bar's great. that's the wild Ooh, card, they man. They the make alcohols. their own beer. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, uh, actually this idea sucks. Anyone listening, don't do it. Okay. No, do not put the uh, pizza in your fermenters. Don't do it. Taylor, what is the weirdest beer that you had? Like, you, like the, like the weirdest combination you could have liked it, not liked it. You don't have to name who made it, mm. but just what was the weirdest beer you've had? Uh, I think the weirdest one I had was probably like 15, 16 years ago. Um, I don't remember who the brewer was, but it was an oyster beer. Um, what? And it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. I'll just use the word interesting, Ugh. but that was that was uh, a one-time purchase. Yep. That yeah. Was it really salty? Um, How yeah. does that be salty? I don't even salty know. Salty and kind of had a weird filminess to it that I, I still remember. Oh, no. Thankfully, uh, Untapped wasn't around back then, though. Yeah, right. Every well, every year we've only done this podcast for so long. But last year we did a beer awards and we gave our best beer, best can design. One of them was the weirdest beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, our winner was Tyler. What was the winner of last year? It was uh, the goat, the Bone Church Brew from uh, Hoax and the um, Bone Church, like the metal band. They used, I guess, technic. I don't know if they actually sacrificed a goat, but they used the <laughs> boat, the bones from a goat. And they use that in like the beer making process. I had it. I mean, it didn't taste like bones or anything like that, but like, you know, it was like, someone was like a little like off there. I was like, this is sick. It was pretty cool. Like it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, So I don't, we have to see what's going to be this year. Um, I'm just kidding. I already know what's going to be the weeder spear I've had this year. I'm not going to say who I'm not going to say what Jeff. Yeah. I, I just looked it up uh oyster beer and it, i don't remember who the, the brewery was but there's uh, uh, quite a few of them out there which Why? is kind of no. surprising i know uh what evil twin didn't even twin do a surf and turf um yeah yep yeah that sold out too people like they put lobster they're like what you put lobster in this sour like, Dude, people putting oysters and lobsters in beer pizza will be easy people have already done it i'm sure we'll look it up and we'll do our uh, yeah so maybe read we'll, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep um we're gonna keep uh, shopping this around. So I appreciate you uh, you know hearing me out, Taylor, as a professional brewer yourself, yeah. a, a prospective uh, brewer, you know. So um, but yeah, Let me know that, when the uh, when the sign NDA gets. To <laughs> I oh I will. I'm sending <laughs> one right to you. Yep, yep. But we'll make sure if we make this happen, and we'll make sure you get a can for free. Or awesome. yeah. A, a four pack you know, discount. I can. I will drink it. A discount. So we're. You know. What? He said he'll sip it. I. I. This is. This is gonna be a running joke. I. I'm like 99% joking. But if ever someone were to make that beer and have our faces on it, it would complete the entire arc of this podcast. Tyler. 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 If we're gonna do this podcast, we need to do it with honesty. This isn't a joke. 
This is real. Okay. So don't sugarcoat it. You're right. I'm I'm like, I'm like actually like half serious about (laughs) about, no, I'm fully serious about getting our own beer, like face on a beer. I'm like half serious about putting pizza in the beer somehow, whether deconstructed or already constructed. I don't know. I'm getting very excited talking about this. (laughs) My imagination's running. Like, are 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 you talking about like the flavor of squeezing a slice of pizza? Ooh, that doesn't sound that good. Mm. Now, now that you say what it like that, are you going for? So, I think tomato would be the big one, right? Big Maybe tomato. tomato, but also like the mouthfeel. So like that sort of bready, you know, that kind of mm. like fad, if you will, a little bit. It gives it yep. what we call a depth and texture, Jeff. Come on. Horse yeah. blanket? Um, don't say horse blanket, okay? It's an off flavor. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he always says that. What are so, you, Taylor, what are your thoughts on, on adjectives for beer? And is horse blanket a, re- a relevant one? Uh, I think a lot of people probably can't relate to what that even means. Um, I still don't know what it means, and I've had it explained to me. Yeah. yeah, we were we people thought we were crazy. Like we, because I'm reading um, "Tasting Beer" by Randy Mosher, um, and they bring that up. And I remember having this conversation. And people are like, "You don't know what like the off flavor horse blanket is," and I was like, "What is a horse blanket? I've never seen a blanket for a horse in my life. I don't know what this is." Yeah. And uh, yeah, apparently it's like an off flavor. Um, thing sweaty yeah sweaty um, <laughs> greasy just think of what sweat smells like yeah yeah Ooh, i mean that gross. pizza sweat that's the name of the beer pizza sweat but it's yeah. not gonna be pizza sweat <laughs> all right let's drop it around but i that's the clubhouse leader right now pizza sweat baby it's gonna be called yeah. earth's crust oh that's even better you're welcome oh, the branding's already coming into play oh, it's Fuck. Yeah, yeah that's great all right i'm not going to spill any more secrets of this uh we're gonna wrap up this interview here jeff i didn't mean to cut you off did you have any uh last questions no this well, has been fucking fantastic uh yeah I, I mean it was everything i imagined and more i have more <laughs> ideas for my pizza beer so what what else could be better um yeah. if you're unfamiliar with Skygazer, find their beer uh they're on 12 percent's website 12% beer, uh, 12% beer project.square.site for their upcoming releases. Follow them on social media. Taylor, what's your social media? I was going to try and guess, but. Uh, the big ones are Facebook and uh, Instagram. Twitter, eh, kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. <laughs> find you at, 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 just look up Skygazer. Is yeah, it at Skygazer? Yeah. Uh, Sky yeah, I think it's at Skygazer underscore brew and Facebook. Yeah, just a quick search. You'll yep. find us out there. Skygazer underscore brewing co on Instagram um that's what it'll be for the releases obviously jeff and i are huge fans we can't wait to see what you're going to be pumping out for the rest of this year we're looking forward taylor thanks for uh, thanks for dealing with us and thanks for hearing our pitch um i'll assume you know just gonna write up the paperwork right after this and uh, the pizza beer will be a thing so there you go no uh i'm only kidding but taylor pleasure having you on and uh have a good rest of the night yeah thanks for having me guys